Hey, welcome back to the Karina Talks Too Much podcast. You're on episode number 34, and today my guest, Deanna Francis, and I are talking all about discovering our personal value sets. These are things that maybe we've lost along the way as we've changed and morphed into different versions of ourselves, but rediscovering what fires us up best really helps align the rest of our goals and helps everything else fall into place. So this is a really awesome conversation that we had. She really felt like a sorority sister BFF as soon as I found out she was A, a podcaster, B, a fellow lover of Europe just spontaneously goes to Italy. Who does that? Me. I do that. And C, she is just the sweetest, cutest little thing. She helps me with all of my technical difficulties setting up this episode. And so she's just a gem and I'm so glad to have the next hour with her and you and me because she's just the sweetest and we talk about all of the things. So if you're ready for us, away we go. Welcome to the Karina Talks Too Much podcast. I'm your host, Karina Lanting, a holistic entrepreneur and gluten-free goddess swimming into your eardrums from the west coast of Canada. Heyo! So did you ever have a phrase that just kind of followed you around? Talks too much was on pretty much every report card I think I ever had, and I never really did see it as a bad thing, you know? Today I'm using my gift to talk too much about issues that are important to me and my community. The Karina Talks Too Much podcast is a place where women gather for inspiration, education, and to engage in the sisterhood of running wild into our greatness. Listen in on my conversations with inspiring guests, where we share real talk discussions about issues that face women every day in life and business. We talk too much about our daily habits in health and wellness, our mentorships, and systems we use to rise up and get you excited about what your next steps could look like. So get inspired to run wild with your own goals by learning from my flossom guests on the show. That's right, flawless and awesome, I went there. And be sure to hang out with us online at all our favorite social hotspots. Warm up your coffee and tighten that top knot, boo-boo. Get ready to settle in for the next 30 minutes with me as I introduce you to your next best friend. Hey guys, welcome back to Karina Talks Too Much. I'm here with my friend Deanna and we're talking all about how to choose and define our values today. She's a pro at this. I'm super excited to dive into this topic with her today. Deanna, say hey. Hey, how's it going? I'm so happy to have you here. What's the weather like down in Arizona right now? Hot. (laughs) Really hot. Um, But we, we make up for it in January. We, we love it in one month out of the year. What's the weather like in January? It's, well, I don't know how to do Celsius conversion, but I'll give you Fahrenheit. Yeah. It's about 60 to 75 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that's like comfortable. That's like, it's, yeah, that's nice. That's toasty still. Yeah. I'm literally sitting here in Canada on Canada Day, mind you. It's a it's a national holiday up here. And it's pouring rain. There's no happy go lucky fireworks happening up in here <laughs> today. We need that because we have this insane fire going on right now. It's been like three or four weeks of a wildland fire and it is just burning all of our desert. Oh like does that thousands. is that like yearly that happens for you? 
Yeah, we had a really weird lightning storm and it started a fire. One, There's actually multiple fires. One was a person, a human, just being mm-hmm. an idiot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's pretty typical, you know, this, this part of the country, but this one's just out of control and we need your rain. Send us your yeah. rain. Do a dance. Right. Okay. Well, I'll do a little jig right now. You can hear me. I'm jigging. All righty. Let's dive into this. Enough about the weather. Let's get to the good stuff. How did you decide that this was a topic that was worth of your attention that you wanted to dive into and something that you wanted to help other people discover what their values are, what their beliefs are. How'd you start? Well, I think because I lived out of alignment with my own values for so long, but Mm. I didn't even realize it. I just had this feeling of not fitting in, not doing what I knew I was meant to do. And I'm still figuring that out. Like I don't have it all figured out, but you know, the climb the corporate ladder just didn't feel good. I did it. And I got to the top and I was like, this view sucks. I hate the Kool-Aid at the corporation. Like (laughs) what am I doing with my life? Um, and I, it was so random. I met this woman at this wellness conference I was at for my corporate job and she had just taken her daughter to Italy. And so she was showing me pictures. Mm. I had no desire to go to Italy ever. Like I'm Italian and I didn't even care. I don't even like Italian food. I was like, whatever. Um, that night I booked a trip, a solo trip abroad. I went and bought a backpack a couple weeks later. And like two months later I was in Italy and I didn't bring my phone. How weird is that? This was only like five years ago, but I didn't, I just decided to leave my phone behind and just kind of sit with my shit and, and just observe and, and be alive. And I realized my, my intuition was already following my values. And yeah, from there we can dive into like what happened next, but I got back and my life changed. Wow. That's huge. A, um, love Italy. I absolutely love it there. I too ended up there kind of on a whim when I was uh, 20, 21, same thing, had no plans to ever like go there. It was just like a stop between. And I ended up spending so much time there. I loved it. I, we really spent a lot of time in Rome specifically. And uh, my firstborn son, actually, I named Roman specifically because of his birth story, but also just I feel so at home there. I don't know what it is, but I love it. Like, where did you spend most of your time in Italy? You gave me the chills. You gave me the chills. You gave me the chills. It was so hard for me not to interrupt when you were going on that whole bro or Italy bit. <laughs> um, seriously. Um, yeah, I was in Cinque Terre mm. and I did some, I spent some time in Florence and then um, I actually had a friend in Germany who I was on my way to go visit when this whole thing happened and, and the light bulb went off for me. So, you know, I was a week in Italy, then went to Germany and then went back to Italy. And yeah, you just feel not everybody, you know, everybody has their place where they feel this, but it was just this comfortable, content, intuitive feeling that I just, I, you can't even put words around mm-hmm. it. That's how I felt. And I remember, I mean, this was 15, 16 years ago, my first trip there. And so I was quite young and I just had never had that experience everywhere, anywhere. And I didn't know how to place it. Like I'm a small town girl. I've come from this tiny little town and my best friend dragged me halfway around the world to just, she was from Europe. And so I sort of tagged along and just sort of was like, I'll just go wherever you want to go. It's cool. And then as soon as we hit Rome, like we did Florence, we did Venice, we did a bunch of other ones. But as soon as I hit Rome, it was like, 
try and try and get me out of here. I dare you. Like two days ended up into three weeks, ended up into two months, ended up into, I went back again and again. And on my honeymoon, I ended up taking my husband to Italy and we did the whole thing. We went from Venice all the way down to like Naples, Sorrento area, Capri. And it was like to drive that countryside was unbelievable just to experience the culture in a different way than the first time around. Like I took the trains, I did the whole like backpacking thing. Whereas the second time it was like, we really immersed ourselves into that Italian culture. And uh, I still, I say to my husband, I'm like, I'm like, I'm really close to just getting on that plane and never coming back. Like not because there's anything wrong in our relationship, but just because it's somewhere I feel so at home. Totally agree with that. hundred percent. So did you find that this was the first step in discovering what your values were? Like was travel always something that you kind of flirted with or was this the first one that you were like, yep, doing that. Let's go. You know, that's such an interesting question because I've always loved to travel and I had been to other countries before, um, nothing this extreme and by myself, mm -hmm. you know, but I think it was more of the the intuition that I had to listen to by myself. And so what I tell people is you don't need this like magical life altering trip to really get in tune. Um, sometimes it's, you know, unfortunately a tragic situation mm -hmm. or um, just you're miserable at your job and you, you hit the elevator button to go up to the floor one day and you're like, enough is enough. Mm -hmm. But everybody kind of has their own moment to realize that your intuition is already following those values. And so for me, it was more of just quieting all the outside noise and my own internal dialogue, right? Like, who am I like to quit my corporate job? Mm -hmm. Like I've spent all this time here. I don't have a degree. So for me in the industry I was in, I was kind of like a unicorn. Right. Um, I was making very, I was making great money with no degree and not a lot of people knew that except for those closest to me, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of that imposter syndrome, like who am I? And um, yeah, it was quieting. And I, so that's why I kind of go back. I circle back. You don't need this big trip, but just how do you quiet the noise? And for me, that's where I really like to help people fine tune their values and really define those and then start making little decisions based on those. And then those can filter over to large life-changing decisions. I think that's the biggest step in making any change in your life is just the tiny steps that you need to take at the beginning because that's, it's the hardest to make any kind of change. And so I think most people think I need to do this one big thing today, or I need to accomplish this goal by the end of the week or the month or the year or whatever. And they don't think about all the little steps that will help make that easier, make that transition easier, make that change in their lifestyle more sustainable. Um, so I love that you're working with that with people right off the top. Do you find that most of your clients come in with a heavy imposter syndrome right off the bat? You know what? Actually, I wouldn't say that's a major hangup. It's more of those those feelings of of resistance, and you know those internal feelings when when something doesn't feel right and you can't pinpoint it. So what I like to do is have people kind of unpack those feelings. Like, where do you feel it? Why do you think you feel it? And just really dive deep and ask the questions that not a lot of people are asking. Um, and for me, it happened randomly in a therapy session a few years ago where I really kind of tied this all together to the feelings. 
And, you know, she, it was some random conversation about, you know, a guy I had dated a couple times or whatever, right. but she was like, where do you feel it? You know, and she walked me through that thing and I'm like, just tell me, am I wrong or am I right? You know, mm-hmm. and of course a therapist doesn't do that. You're just like, feel it. And I'm like, what is this stupid mm-hmm. feeling stuff? But it really, it really helps to understand where, where you do have that feeling. Is it your shoulders tense, your stomach gets a knot, you get your your face is all flustered like where is it um so that's really what it is I think is just figuring out why you're feeling that way Mm -hmm. and then what you can do to change that right either omit it from your life or more of one thing less of another um yeah big time so you guys I want you to realize that within the first two minutes of me talking to Deanna I was like her new best friend. She is so easy to talk to. And I'm in this like self-deprecating humor point of my day. And she really was like, it's cool. I got you, boo-boo. Like people do this with me all the time. And so I do feel like you are definitely chosen to be doing this type of work. You must feel that as well. Oh, thank you for saying that. Well, literally, literally, like think back to our first three minutes. So true. That is so true. And, you know, I have to say one of the things that stood out for me on your website was talking about how you've always you every report card you ever got was, you know, Karina talks too much. And mine, I'm not kidding you. I went back and looked at them recently and Deanna asked a lot of questions. Deanna interrupts the curriculum because she doesn't understand things. And here's the deal. My mom would always say, if something doesn't make sense, you question until it makes sense in your brain. And so I want people to have that comfort level with me of let's have this make sense. If it doesn't make sense, let's unpack it more. Let's like dive deeper. Let's ask the questions that nobody else is asking. And so, yes, I do. I feel especially recently I'm in this mentorship program and I'm really uncovering these innate talents and gifts that I have where I'm like, oh, I can help people figure their shit out. This is awesome. Like, let's do it and feel comfortable about it. it. I think that it's important for other people to see that even growing up, like for me, this was 30, 20 years ago. I didn't fit a box. I didn't fit a mold. And I think that it's important for people to see that, like, what is the mold, right? Like, what are you trying to fit into? If it doesn't fit for you, it's not a fit for you. You need to move on. And so when I look back at those old report cards, especially because it was such a different time, educationally speaking, right? When it was like, Karina disrupts the class. Same thing. Karina asks too many questions. Karina's talking too much. For me, my mom, like, she never really chastised me for it. It was always sort of like a point of pride for her that it was like, yeah, my kid's not this adult on a log that's not engaging with her peers, that's not curious about her environment, that's not asking questions. And so you can see how in a short period of time, like that's valued now. When I go into my kids' classrooms, they like, yeah, Tommy, what do you got to say? What do you, let's hear it. Like, let's pull that out of you and let's share it with the class. Whereas 20 years ago, that wasn't the way it works. And so to see how in such a short period of time, how big themes like that change, it really, I think for us as adults, you need to understand that there is no box. There's no box to fit. It's your own world to create. And I think that's the most empowering thing you can do is when you're giving people the choice to choose and define their values, just liberating them of all their past stuff that's made them be who they are or think that's who they are, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Totally hit the nail on the head right there because that's it is like – 
being okay and appreciating who you are and all the stuff you've been through that got you to exactly where you are and then breaking free of that mold of what people, and that was it for me is like living on my terms and like not doing what people thought was right for me. And, and fortunately I come from a family who is very open and very like, do your thing, you do you boo. Mm -hmm. And that's been a huge, huge impact in, in moving things forward. Um, you know, cause I hear people talk like, Oh, my mom, my dad wants me to do this and I'll disappoint him. And for me, it was like never about that. Um, so again, it's it, if you do have those hangups and those blocks, it's just getting past those. So so going back to your question, if that imposter syndrome is is there, I mean, it's definitely there, but I think it's more about appreciating your unique quirks and and <laughs> capitalizing on them, taking advantage of them. I think it's so easy to try and fit a box, especially in social media marketing right now, where you can do all these webinars and all these courses and it's very cookie cutter and it's not really customized to you and what your goals are. And so eventually your feeds just end up looking carbon copy because everybody's doing the same webinar. Everybody's doing the same thing. And what you're doing really focuses on the individual. And I love that. I love that um, approach. So tell me a little bit about, if you can, the guide that you sort of, or the rubric that you kind of go through with each client? Is it different? Is it you kind of follow the same workflow? So what I do is I have each person download the guide first. And so that's three steps. I call it choose, define, and align. Right. Um, and so I walk through how to, there, I give a list of, you know, 50 different values, circle them, and then go back, find overlap words, sit with the feelings for a minute, you know, so people actually have an idea of what their values are before we jump into the deep dive session, which is, you know, an hour to two hour call. And that's where I'm really customizing the, I call it a map or a guide um, and then when we, after we have that deep dive conversation, that's when I really develop a personalized guide for each individual and how they can build those values into their business, whether that's your, you know, your content, your copy on your website or social media, or just how you speak to other people, like mm -hmm. bring in your values. So people know, do you, is freedom important to you? Do you want to help people live more free lives? Well, like, let's have those conversations in our, in real time time. Um, so yeah, there's, it's definitely customized to each person because I mean, personal, right. It's all yeah. about what's important to that person. Well, and I can see how you would have a week where like one client, their values are going to be polar opposite to another client. How do you manage that within yourself? Like you must need to know so many things. <laughs> For me, it, it really hones in on one of my most important personal values, actually a couple of them. So personal growth is really important to me. And to me, that's like asking questions and learning about people and things and different ideas that I never thought about and just discovering and also adventure. And so when people think adventure, they think of what we're talking about. Like you go to Rome on your honeymoon or, you know, you take a backpack and you go travel Europe or whatever. And to me, adventure is so much more than that. It's really like exploring ideas and concepts and other people's lives and just like having these conversations. And so I think I found my calling with this because no conversation's the same. No mm. person's values are the same. Even if you have the same three to five, 
your definition is going to be different than the person sitting across from you. Right. So that to me is like the most exciting, like invigorating, empowering feeling ever. Do you find a lot of common threads throughout that people have similar values or no? I do. I do actually. Um, I do. And, and freedom, freedom is a big one. I think especially the way society is now. And, and I think we're moving past the, the corporate job, especially, I mean, especially with, you know, the way things are now, it's like Zoom meetings and work from home. And so people are starting to recognize freedom is, a, is closer to their, to their fingertips than they originally thought. So that seems to be a common one, but yeah, there, there is a handful I would say that are pretty common, but again, differences in how people view that value. Do you find that COVID-19 has had a shift in people's, um, like, uh, what's the word momentum towards these goals? Do you think that people are more geared to get this together now because we're in this time where I don't personally, I don't think we're going to go back to air quotes normal. Um, I think that it's for us here in Canada, it might be different. Um, but when I go out, most people are in masks still. And I fully appreciate that. And there's little dots on every single line where you're supposed to stand six feet, two meters apart. And for me, I actually hope this stays. I hope that these types of precautions, like I don't like being in line and having somebody breathing down my neck, their weird grossness. And so I feel like COVID-19 has given us some insight into how we could do things better. But I also think it's given people within my organization anyways, more of a fire under their ass to really see, okay, we can make these changes in short periods of time. We adapt. People will adapt. They have to. Okay, let me tell you real quick. I had to go get blood. I had to go get blood work done the other day. I was in and out of the lab with no appointment in less than 10 minutes. That is incredible. And I actually did a story on Instagram. Like I appreciate how creative companies have to get right now and they have to get, you know, um innovative and and efficient. efficient. I value efficiency. Yeah. So for me, I'm like, the quicker you can get me in and out of somewhere and don't waste my time, the better. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, and to, to circle back to like people in general and wanting to build businesses and create, you know, whatever they want to do online and move out of maybe the corporate job or just follow their passion. The, the world is changing before our eyes. And that means that our careers have to, and the way that we do business and life has to, we have to change with it. And so I think people's values are changing as well at the same time, and they're moving quicker. They're moving much quicker than they would have when they were in that. And I'm going to do air quotes, that comfortable spot, wherever that was, which the rug was pulled out from everybody's feet and nothing, (laughs) nothing's comfortable. Now we're getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. I don't think 2020 could get any crazier with the things that we have to sit and be comfortable, uncomfortable with. Um, I saw a meme the other day that it was like a jokey meme about how like maybe when people were saying hindsight is 2020, like maybe they were meaning like the year 2020 is the year for our hindsight to see like all our flaws that we've been making to get us to this point of like murder hornets, racism, and COVID-19. Like how did we get here, right? Yeah. yeah. And like I said, my state is on fire. So it's like jokes 
I mean, jokes on you, but not jokes on you. But yeah, like that's that hindsight. It's 2020. Like, what did you really mean by that? (laughs) I think more people are opening their eyes. I think we are forced to open our eyes and see the things that are uncomfortable around us. I have a good friend who also has a podcast and hers is a solo cast. And she was talking the other day about how, you know, at the beginning of the Black Lives Matter movement, the beginning of June, when we really saw a lot of that come to our forefront, She felt, you know, I live in a small town. This doesn't affect me. I can't join the conversation. I'm just going to sit back and watch. And then she reflects and says, you know, just because it's not affecting me in my town, there's a reason why it's not affecting me in my town. It's because black people don't feel comfortable moving here. So that in itself is a huge problem, not something that I can just say, oh, it doesn't affect me because black people don't live here. So to have that awareness and and sit with that and be uncomfortable with that and be able to have conversations within your own family unit that are important about these topics. Like that's huge. A lot of people are never pushed to that point where it's like, you know what? I could sit here and get better. I could do work anywhere in any field. Even if you are working for an employer and you love it, you can still improve within your life, within um, your relationships, all different ways. Right? So for me, that was like, such an eye opener on a on a big scale of how our minds need to open just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not a problem for you to address directly that yeah and i i think that's the universe talking yeah. like oh covid didn't make you aware yeah. enough okay we'll give you this too you know even though some of them aren't necessarily you know, environmentally, you know, I don't know the right word I'm looking for, but they're not specific to the environment necessarily. Um, Mother nature has a way of, of still showing up in, in different ways. It's, it's fascinating. And even in a more individual internal level that happens within our bodies, when we ignore problems in our lives, when we ignore stressors, when we continue to just like beat a dead horse, we start having acute illness, disease, disorder, because our bodies aren't meant to absorb that type of trauma and stress daily over and over again. So whether we're looking at it on a big scale or a little scale, I think this is the year where we're really starting to initiate the change that needs to happen within, right? Yeah. And if you're, if you're not going with your intuition, which going back to the values, you, like you said, you'll feel the stress, you'll get sick. Your body needs to move that through you and it'll do it in a form of an illness. If you're not taking the action to get that stress out of your body to do what you love. On the topic of intuition, this just sort of popped into my head. I'm a mom of three boys and have a husband, so I'm in a very male-dominated household. How do you feel? Do you work primarily with women clients or do you have men? I mostly am working with women and not just just because of the podcast and kind of my audience from there. Yeah. Observationally speaking, do you think that men really are in tune with their intuition? Super broad, loaded questions. Settle down, guys. It's just a podcast. (laughs) But I feel like whenever I mention anything about my intuition, like my husband looks at me like I'm going to just turn into a witch, like just like spin around and here I am with my witchy hat and wand. But I don't think that men are as in tune perhaps with their intuition and that does hamper them in business and in relationships. 
I couldn't agree more. And those conversations happen on the daily with my boyfriend and I, and it's like, oh, I got this feeling. I want to talk to you about it. And it's like, what? Like, like, that's not logical. Like, give me the statistics of why you're feeling the way you're feeling. I'm like, geez, Louise. Um, so yes, I definitely think it's, um, but we have a cycle. And we have different hormones and, you know, I can, that's an entirely different conversation, but I'm super into syncing your cycle. Um, And we can't maintain the same energy because we're being driven by our hormones. And when our estrogen is higher and we're more productive and on point, we won't have those feelings as much, but when we're more creative and during a certain time of our cycle, I have not done a lot of work in syncing my cycle or learning about like where I'm most productive. But as soon as you said that, I'm thinking to myself, well, that makes sense why I'm doing that this week. Or <laughs> like I've never really put those two things together. I've always, I think, conditionally, similarly to men where they're kind of conditioned to be the tough, analytical, logical creature. I think we're conditioned to kind of see our periods as a curse or like, oh, this thing that I have to go through forever until I go through menopause or whatever, right? And we don't actually... Uh, yes, I have been so obsessed with this. I actually did four short I'm drawing this out of you because I need to know more. So I know you said this is yes. another topic for another day, but it's not. We're talking about it right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I actually, re- I'm releasing four back-to-back episodes. They're short. Okay. They're only about seven to 10 minutes. And I'm walking through what's happening to your body, your mind, your emotions every single week and how to build that into your business and your life so you can be more creative, productive, um, you know, like benefit monetarily during certain times, have the conversations that are hard to have during certain times of your month. Um, Purge when you need to purge. And sometimes that means venting on paper instead of Pete to people because you're going to seem like a crazy emotional roller coaster person. Like there is so much to it. And this was like, this was what changed the trajectory of my life was understanding how our bodies operate and that we cannot and should not try to maintain the same energy throughout our cycle, period. You're, like, well, you're just going against the grain. So when I do that, I just feel like everything fails. I like mess everything up. It doesn't go as planned. I just am not executing as I could. And I just know that today is just not the day for this, right? I never put that towards my cycle before. Yeah. And, and two, it's, it's, it's all a cycle. So one week feeds into the next week. So if you're not taking care of yourself during week one, that means week four, you're going to feel it. You're going to have more inflammation. You're going to have more stress, more emotions, more crazy moments. Then if you were to chill the F out during week one, when you start your period and your body is resetting and shedding everything you no longer need, like it all ties together. It's fascinating. That is so cool. Have you done any look um, or research into how um, like primal groups engage with their periods and stuff? Like I'm ta- like I'm thinking about the people that live out in the middle of nowhere, like the Papua New Guinea people. You know, they have these really dynamic uh, rituals that are involved mm-hmm. with, you know, rite of passage, coming of age, um, their first baby, their first menstruation, all that kind of stuff. Have you looked at any of that or am I just sort of like asking questions for no reason? <laughs> no, no, no. You're, it's interesting because the book that I, I went to a workshop 
that based its teachings on a book that talks about the indigenous people. And I, coming from Arizona, um, am very close to Native American land. And so I have had conversations with people that still follow spiritual practices around the female cycle. And I think that's kind of, I just got the chills even saying it. I think that's another reason why I, I was so drawn to it because I appreciate nature and environment and, and things. I, I mean, I love technology, obviously, but things that are just in their natural form. And so, yeah, I've done a lot of research on that. Cool. Oh, I can't wait for these four episodes to come out. When are you going to release them? Uh, so July 7th will be the first one or July 8th. Sorry. July 8th will be the first one. And it'll just be week after week for, for three more following that. Cool. Is it tied into like the first week is kind of like your first the week of your period. And then the second one is like what you're feeling on the second week kind of thing. Yep, exactly. So I just go through exactly that week and what's happening um, and the start of it. So I start day one, week one, and then go from there. Ladies, head on over to your podcast provider and be sure to subscribe to Lean Into Curiosity with Deanna Francis because you do not want to miss this. She clearly knows what she's talking about. Um, Deanna, before we go here, I always ask every single person that comes on, if you are stranded on a deserted island and you could only bring like one luxury item with you what would it be you do you remember what you chose I do yep get it girl what is it it would be wine and if you make me choose between white and red I don't know if I could no it's coming (laughs) you just knew oh that's funny do you find that you pair your wine with your meals like you'll do your red with a certain dish or white with a certain dish like you have to like can't break that rule No. And you know what? I'm going to circle back to my daily choices around my values. Not that I'm drinking wine every day, but that goes back to being adventurous because I'm like, what do I feel like today? It's all about what I feel like. It doesn't matter what I'm eating. If I'm eating something that's supposed to be paired with red and I want white, I go for it. I'm having the adventure of my life. (laughs) I love it. Did you drink a lot of wine when you were in Italy? I did drink a lot of wine and it's funny, like I said, I'm not big into Italian food, but that's real Italian food. Yeah. I'm not into American Italian food. So yes, pizza, lasagna, spaghetti, and wine, all of the above. My oldest son is 11, Roman, and I we want to take the kids to Europe, but they're just like not at the age yet where they could like appreciate it, right? And so last night I was making a lasagna and I said to Roman, he's like, mom, like, when? Like, when are you going to take me to Italy? I really want to see Rome. And I'm like, dude, you've got to like advance your taste buds a little bit before I spend this money and take you there because it is not the Italian that you think you like. Like it's a lot of seafood. It's a lot of fresh vegetables. It's a lot of olives and oils and like just not the Italian that he thinks he knows here. And so after dinner, he pulled out um, this cookbook, Giada. I don't know if you know her, Giada De Laurentiis. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. She's like the cute Italian on Food Network, whatever. Um, he pulls out this cookbook and he's like, okay, mom, like I'm going to make this this week and this and like traditional Italian stuff. I'm like, are you looking at the ingredients? Like you're going to eat this? I'll cook this dinner, mom. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my taste buds. He really, really, really wants to go. So I feel like I've put my foot in it a little bit there. <laughs> I love it because you're like, whatever it takes, like if that's what it's going to take for you to appreciate the culture, then go for it. Make me amazing. 
gluten-free. My husband is really allergic to wheat and all the kids kind of are too. And we've heard, I haven't been back to Italy for about um, 15 years probably. So I don't know this, but I've had friends that are also gluten-free that go and travel Europe and they say how we can eat the wheat over there because they don't have GMO. So it's a different variety of wheat. And so I can't wait to go over there and test this little fact out because we're the family that if you touch wheat, they go into anaphylactic shock. Like it is not a mess around like, oh, I have a sore tummy. It's like they're in full body hives. I need the EpiPen. I need to get the inhalers out for the little guy. And it does make sense to me that like this is what I'm going to school for. I'm doing my master's in food science because I've spent the last decade of my life just trying to keep these little fuckers alive basically. <laughs> and um, – <laughs> Oh, I, I just am so intrigued to know, like, is it that GMO that's causing this crazy reaction in my family or is it the wheat? Like, because it's such a, when we were going through the diagnostic procedures with my husband 10 years ago, he presents as somebody with celiac disease, but all the tests came back negative. And so it was one of those things where doctors were like, huh, don't really know. See you later. Bye. Because there was nothing that they could really prescribe and make money off of him other than like, don't eat this food product. Right. So they didn't really, there, there was not a lot of like investment from the doctors into really discovering what it was that was wrong with him. And so I kind of took on that role. And after literally, I think I spent about 2000 hours reading medical journals over the period of like three years, I just kept seeing the links between genetically modified organisms and chronic illness and disease. And so for me, I'm convinced. I'm convinced it's not actually the wheat that's throwing us off. It's the fact that we genetically modified it in such a short time period, evolutionary speaking, right? Like if they would have changed oh, yeah. it in like 80 years, 90 years to what it is today, I think that we wouldn't have all these digestion and gut issues that we're seeing like leaky gut and gluten intolerance and all these things. But because they changed this crop within a 20 year time span, that's within our lives. That's within one lifetime. Like it's too much for our bodies to handle. And I'm convinced, convinced that is what's going on with my family. And so to Europe, we go to test it. I keep telling my husband, I'm like, babe, it's for experimental measures. Like, can we write this <laughs> it's, a, it's a business write-up too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and I'm with you. I, I have a soy allergy and I'm, I'm oh, convinced as well. And, and my, ba my background is, is wellness. And, and I turned into a plant-based chef through my journey and all of that good stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I think, and soy's in everything, mm -hmm. like soy's in chocolate, everything. soy's in chip, everything. And um, so I do eat a, a pretty, pretty, I wouldn't say strict. I'm, I'm pretty lenient, but I have a definitely have to stay away from soy and and I too I'm convinced it's it's the GMOs and not the actual core product of soy because soy in itself can also be a hormone disruptor if you're consuming too much of it but because it's in absolutely everything it's pretty possible for all of us to consume too much of it and have hormone displacement disorders which spiral into all the things that we're seeing that people have nowadays right and they're just like not understanding why I'm a, I mean, this is another podcast for another day, clearly, but um, the food system scares me. It really, it really does. And so I've really kind of taken to just providing as much as I possibly can, like growing it here. And then anything else, I just, I'm crazy. Like our food bills are parallel to my mortgage. I'm not even kidding. Like we probably spend more if I'm including like takeout 
than I do on my mortgage because to me, it's like, I'd rather spend that money now and know I'm giving my body and my kids the best fuel they can than spend it on antibiotics and spend it on medications and like all the therapies that they're going to need because they do have a few stacks against them in the gene pool. That really spiraled, didn't it? That wine conversation. <laughs> well, and, and just real quick. Um, no, I love it. That's why I do the last is- question because I feel like it's good for people to get to know us on a more personal level as opposed to what it is that we really wanted to talk about today, you know? Totally. And, and that you, I mean, you said it about your, your grocery bill being so expensive, but it's much cheaper than a lifelong prescription to how many, you know, who knows how many medications, which then have side effects to take more medication on and on. But um, what I was going to ask, have you seen the movie Heal? Not the documentary. No. Heal. Watch it. Okay. Okay. Like, That is my advice for you, the listener. I know I'm being so like matter of fact with this, but it's, you know, there's all these documentaries out there about food and our, and our system and all of that. And and we're in different countries, but we're connected. We, we have some similarities. Um, but I just watched it this past weekend and it is exactly about what we're talking about. And it'll just give you that little, that little nudge that you might need in the direction of changing the way that you live your life and the way that you look at food. I think we're in this really cool time where we get to be advocates for everything for ourselves right now. We get to question the man and question authority and really say, is this serving me? Is this serving us? Is this serving our community? No, let's change it. Let's fire some things up and move things around. And I think we're really blessed to be in this time period right now. I really do. And also, Karina, our childhood, thank goodness for the report cards that we got because we're really good at doing what this time is set up for us to do, to question and to have the conversations and to explore and to not take no for an answer or not take take this prescription for an answer. Like all the things that we were doing and questioning the curriculum there's a reason that those things happened to us when we were a kid. Like that was setting us on our path to where we are now. And that to me is like so eye-opening and, and empowering again, to use that word. Like I feel so empowered to have that ability and and the experience under my belt to, to question the things that don't make sense. I think our next step is to really help other people's achieve that self-advocacy because it could be really easy for us for a lot of reasons. And then it could be really hard for other people for reasons that are unknowns to us. Right. And so I do believe that you are on the right path for your career and your goals and your gifts, because you're really able to draw that out of people and inspire them to really just say, you know what? No, no more. Like, let's do this. So kudos. Snap to you, Deanne. Thank you. Thank you very much. And right back at you. You know, you're on, you know, you're well on your path. And that's exciting with, with what you're going to school for. I just think, I think more people need to be more aware. And if you could stand on the rooftop, AKA your podcast and shout it out to the world, freaking do it. It was something I struggled with for about a year, whether or not I should go back and do this degree, because like you, I did not have a degree and I was working a pretty good job. I loved it. Um, But I just felt like There's so much that I've learned personally from being advocates for my family in the last 10 years on food and food science that whenever I would share this information with people, it just didn't come with the, um, like people would just think I'm being like that crazy person with tinfoil on my head because I don't have a degree. 
right? So for me, it turned into like, who am I doing this degree for? Why would I do this? I don't really believe in higher education. I, I believe in entrepreneurship. And then one of my besties and I were out for lunch and she's a clinical psychologist. So like, just figures me out within two seconds, like whatever. But she was like, Krita, it's not about like, it's not about you needing to have this to prove to other people that you know what it is. It's so that you know that you can go through four years of school, do this dedication, do this commitment, learn what it is that you need to know and show people that you can be committed to that. And at first I was like, screw that shit. I don't need to show anybody anything. But now having gone through all the process, like I did university um, when I was like in my early twenties, I just never finished. And so now going through it, I do see like the core classes I'm taking. Some of it I'll be using in my career afterwards. Most of it I won't, but the, the job of what I'm doing of going to school, the role of me being this adult student, what it's giving other people around me is like crazy huge. Like the, my kids seeing that I'm doing this as an adult, they're like, why is not like, why, what? Okay. And so they're seeing that like, it's never too late to go for your dreams, no matter how you have to achieve them. And it's opening doors for me that I didn't think I needed to be open. I thought that I had all the doors open to me already, but now also being an adult student, also going through this education process, there's this whole other side of things that I thought I knew that I didn't. And so you just, you never really know where things are, are going to take. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Lead by example and just take one step. I call it a little shuffle, just shuffle. And the next door will open and then do your shuffle again and it'll open. And and in your case, that's a big freaking step to go get your master's, but kudos to you for that. Um, But yeah, it's, it's amazing just to see what can unfold just by taking the action. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. All of your technical assistance at the beginning, you guys, this girl, she knows her stuff. Um, If you want (laughs) to check her out again, her podcast is called lean into curiosity diana francis you have been such a joy do you have a website too that um you could plug people can find you yes easy lean into curiosity.com and i'm on instagram at i am diana francis and it'll all be in the show notes i am sure and so yeah connect with me ask me the questions give me some tips and tricks of your own and and yeah let's let's learn from each other and help each other awesome thank you so much diana thank you it was awesome. Have a good day. Thank you. Psst. You still here? What'd you think? Pretty good, right? Come on. You totally want to go stalk the Insta of my last guest. But like, if you're anything like me, you've forgotten their handle already. No worries. I got you. Head over to my website and check out the show notes from this episode. There you'll find links to my guest social hubs, all our brilliant quotables from today and recommendations to other inspired episodes just like this. Visit KarinaLanting.com, that's K-A-R-I-N-A-L-A-N-T-I-N-G, and there you're going to be hit with gluten-free info right off the get-go. Fair warned. From tried-and-true recipes, meal plans, and free programs, to personal care and nutritional recommendations. I focus on sharing only certified gluten-free and vegan stuff, so celiacs feel safe here. Shop direct from my site at retail prices or become a VIP and save 20 to 40% off the items you are already buying, like protein powder, energy drinks, mascara, or like an eye cream that is free of toxins but actually works. You know what I mean? Okay. 
Now that I've got you all hyped up, go online shopping at my certified boutique at KarinaLending.com. Or you can sign up for my weekly chat attack at the footer of my website. And you know what? I'm sure I'll be chirping in your ear another time soon here at the Karina Talks Too Much podcast. Now, go follow me and all my friends on all the things.